Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to the October 2019 CTSS quiz. It's amazing how quickly we've gone from summer into fall, and I hope you're having a pleasant fall season. So let's get started. We have 10 terrific cases for you. So without further ado, let's look at the first case. In this patient, middle-aged female, what's the best diagnosis? At first it looks subtle, but you realize there's a mass with increased vascularity in the left lobe of the liver. It's enlarging the left lobe, when you, particularly when you look at the coronal view. Now, it doesn't have the peripheral puddling. Remember, this is arterial phase. It's enhancing, but just about as bright as the IVC, but it has more of an irregular enhancement than you would see with FNH. Hemangioma doesn't have the peripheral enhancement. I guess you would be stuck hepatoma versus hepatic adenoma. Now, there's no evidence of cirrhosis, and you typically or commonly will see cirrhosis as a hint making hepatoma, but we can see hepatomas in patients without cirrhosis. But this pattern of enhancement, the way the lesion looks, middle-aged female, the most likely diagnosis is going to be hepatic adenoma, and this, in fact, was resected. In this case, what's the best diagnosis? And you can see from the images I'm targeting the right renal artery, and the right renal artery has a classic beating appearance. It's not stenosis, it's not a dissection, and it's not an AVM. It's classic fibromuscular dysplasia, can involve multiple different vessels, though most classically involves the renal artery, can be a cause of hypertension, and this is a beautiful example. It's most common in the mid-portion of the renal artery, which indeed is the case in this example. This patient has chest pain. We were doing a uh, rule out coronary artery disease, rule out dissection. And it's a very nice example. So I give you a few choices. But when you look at the axial images, you see the left main coronary, and you see this plaque in the LAD. But you notice there's a vessel running between the ascending aorta and the main pulmonary artery. And that's the right coronary. And you can see it again when you look at this cinematic view from above. You see how the right coronary is beautifully shown in 3D, how it tracks between the ascending aorta and the main pulmonary artery. And this is anomalous origin of the right coronary off the left cusp. Uh, this is one of the what's called malignant configurations where the patient can experience sudden death. You can see here the coronary is small, and you can imagine the compression of the origin of the vessel when the uh, patient is uh, in systole. So obviously it's not a normal coronary artery, it's not stenosis, and it's not aneurysm. So a really nice example of that. In this patient, patient has hematuria, what's the best diagnosis? So when you look at the image as axial and coronal, what you really see is essentially delayed function of the left kidney. Now delayed function can be to things that happen to the renal artery or even renal vein perhaps. It can be due to infection, it can be due to global infarction, and it can be due to tumor. In this case, it's really an infiltrating process. In theory, you could think about a renal cell, but it's really more infiltrating rather than a dominant mass. You can think about METs, renal abscess. I guess you can have a diffuse polynephritis, but just the way it extends to the hilum, and again, it's a little bit tricky based on the lack of images I gave you. And in real practice, you would have some delayed phase imaging as well. But this was a nice example of an infiltration of the kidney by transitional cell carcinoma. Just a really nice example. This patient presented with abdominal pain, and I ask you what's the best diagnosis. You see a coronal view, and then you see a coronal MIP view. 
What you see is the small bowel in this arterial phase imaging is dilated, fluid-filled, but you can see it's not enhancing. That means it's ischemia. You also see the branch vessels of the SMA are really tapered. And you follow the SMA downward, but look how you lose all of the vessels. And yes, the patient does have ischemic bowel developing. It's not a poor contrast injection, obviously. You can see the vessels, and it's not an intussusception. This is the classic example of twisting of a mid-gut volvulus. Surgical emergency. This patient went to surgery. Fortunately, they could undo the um, mid-gut volvulus, and the patient's bowel then became pink, and the patient did well. So the key is early diagnosis. This is also a good example of why in abdominal pain we love to give IV contrast. I'm always concerned if you don't give IV contrast, you can miss things. Very, very important. Now, this patient has HHT disease, and what's the best diagnosis? This is hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasias. And what you see is arterial to venous. Look at all those vascular lesions in arterial, and it's gone basically on the venous. This is not a hepatoma, and it's not meds, and it's not abscesses. Patients with HHT disease, they classically get uh, pulmonary AV malformations, but we also see AVMs in multiple other organs. And you want to call these multiple AVMs. You want to call it telangiectasias. Regardless, that's what it is. can be focal, but usually it's diffuse in the liver. Don't confuse it with other pathology. Just a really nice example. This patient has an incidental adrenal mass. Well, we can look on the non-contrast, and you can see also on the arterial. The lesion does enhance, but really the key thing is the fat in the lesion. Now, yes, you can get fat in adrenal carcinomas, but that's punctate fat with an enlarged mass that typically has dystrophic calcifications as well. This is a well-defined, incidentally detected adrenal lesion. It contains fat. This is classic for a myelolipoma. Yes, it is enhancing, and yes, the whole lesion is not fat, but for myelolipomas, you just need a little bit of fat, and there's a range of appearances. This patient has hypoglycemia. What's the best diagnosis? Well, without looking at the images, if I say hypoglycemia, I know I'm looking for an insulinoma. Now, insulinomas average about a centimeter in size. They can be multiple, but they can be difficult to detect. Now, with good scanners, CT angiography, MIP, 3D imaging. You can see in this case there's a lesion, though it's subtle, one centimeter in the tail of the pancreas, better seen on the uh, blown-up view that I give you on the right here. That's just classic. Now, if I told you this was a non-functioning neuroendocrine tumor, could be. And neuroendocrine tumor is D. That could be the correct answer, but I said the best answer. Hypoglycemia, the best answer is this is a neuroendocrine tumor, which is specifically and insulinoma. Just a very nice example. I do find that at times it's difficult to make the diagnosis of insulinoma. It's very easy to miss small lesions, particularly under a CM. You need to be very careful, particularly looking at the images in multiple planes. Now in this case, I ask you what's the best diagnosis? What you see are multiple vascular lesions in the head and body and tail of the pancreas. So what could it be? You could have multiple neuroendocrine tumors, I guess. And you can get that, particularly in von Hippolindo, not so much MEN1. But you see the left kidney, which looks okay, but you don't see the right kidney, and there are some clips present. It's a little subtle, and if I gave you more image, you would see the absent right kidney, which indeed the patient has an absent right kidney. And the patient originally had clear cell, and this is metastatic renal cell carcinoma. 
It's rare to see meds at presentation. Usually it's a patient who's been treated well and it's 10 to 15 years after diagnosis. We are seeing many more metastasis to the pancreas as the only site of recurrence. Just a really nice example. This patient in right lower quadrant pain, what's the best diagnosis? When you look at the images, you see a tubular structure in the right lower quadrant, which you know is the appendix. And at first glance, you say appendicitis because it's dilated and maybe there's some stranding. But in the approximal appendix, there's soft tissue. So this is not diverticulitis. I guess you could still consider appendicitis. It's not a Meckles, but this is a mucosal of the appendix. Soft tissue mass, often right at the appendix cecal junction. It obstructs the appendix. Often you get very large appendix, see a soft tissue mass, and the patient needs to have resection of the cecum and the appendix. So that's a mucosal of the appendix. Something very easy to miss. At times it's easiest seen on the coronal views. So with that, I've given you 10 absolutely terrific cases. I hope you enjoyed the cases. I hope you learned something. And I hope you have a great October 2019. Catch you later. Bye. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.